Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the January 19th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast, the NFL Divisional Round episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. I am recording this a night earlier than I normally do because I'm going to Madison Square Garden, the legendary MSG, on Wednesday Wednesday night to watch my Maple Leafs uh, take on the Rangers. First time that I'm going to watch any event slash sport at MSG. Very, very excited for it. I've walked by it outside since I've moved here. Um, but I haven't yet gone to watch a game, so that'll be a, a first for me. Super pumped for that. Uh, gonna bet all my coins on on Maple Leafs. Uh, I think I saw them at minus 150 in one of my offshore books. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little NFL. Decent week for me in wildcard weekend. I went 4-2 plus 2.12 units. Getting aggressive with my money line picks didn't work well that great for me, but also at the same time it didn't hurt me at all either because my two losses were Raiders money line and Eagles money line and neither of them covered on the spread either. So um, if I didn't take money line, I just would have went spread and I would have lost regardless. So um, the Raiders had a chance all obviously uh, all the way uh, up to that last second drive four chances to get in the end zone couldn't do it well actually three because I spiked on the first down um but even for that I mean they had a disastrous start to, uh, to the game came all the way back and almost tied it I still think Raiders were the, were, were the right bet maybe not money line but Raider Raiders should have should have covered there but that that's fine that's sports that uh, that happens not too upset about that Eagles that was one of the worst bets I've made recently. <laughs> and Eagles money line was the one. Every uh, radio show I did, every podcast I did last week, I uh, told everyone I was on Eagles money line. I was kind of sticking my flag in the ground, and boy, oh boy, do I look stupid for doing that. I think what I learned from that game is that sometimes, especially when it comes to the playoffs, yes, stats are super important, but sometimes you just got to underthink it and just look at how good the teams are <laughs> like just straight up just how good they are like on paper because it, it, it's even something that I've said about the Eagles all season is that they're not a good team on paper they aren't they're they Nick's Sirianni got the most out of them but they're not that talented of a team when it comes to actual skill level and when you play against the the defending champions in the playoffs um having a good scheme probably isn't going to be enough especially because the Bucks just sold out and stopped the run uh, they got up to an early lead, which both of those factors caused Jalen Hurst to have to throw the ball, and then it turned into a disaster. So it was just worst possible outcome for that game, worst possible outcome for the Eagles, worst possible outcome for my bet. But the other four games I nailed, Bills minus four, that was easy, 49ers plus 135, they almost blew it, but they held on for the win for that money line underdog pick. Chiefs won by a million, Rams won by a million. Uh, really a pretty bad slate of games, if I'm being honest. Bengals and Raiders was an exciting game, but it was kind of a ref show. Bills was a blowout, and I think I watched the highlights of that game about 25 times the next morning because I will never get sick of the Patriots getting blown out in the playoffs. I was literally laughing watching that game. 
I was by myself laughing. Well, I wasn't necessarily by myself. I was at my girlfriend's place, but I was laughing watching the Patriots lose that bad. Oh, it's kind of cathartic, to be honest. Um, Eagles wasn't a good game. That was a blowout against the Bucks. 49ers, Cowboys, that turned into a good game near the end. That was a wild ending. Right as soon as you think you've seen every possible ending in the NFL, you see one ending on a QB draw, and then the team can't get the snap off in time. Wild. Uh, Chiefs minus, uh, yeah, Chiefs over Steelers, that was an easy win. Blowout, ran, then Rams was a blowout. Um, not an exciting slate of games, hoping for a better slate this coming week. Uh, I've already already made it quite clear who I'm betting on this week on Twitter, um, if you followed any of that. I still will break down my picks, but we'll, we'll get into that uh, in, a, uh, in a little bit. Um, I had a golf bet this week. That's always fun. Hideki Matsuyama, 18-1. to 1. It came down to him and Russell Henley. I had a unit on Matsuyama at 18-1, to 1, half unit on Henley at 33-1, to 1, and it just came down to those guys. That'll never happen again in my entire life. There was also a moment in time where my three outright picks were first, second, and T3 with Corey Connors. So, very good weekend for me. I'm happy. I have a legal sports book. I won't give out the name of it. Um, but one of them, um, I was able to identify my, I verify my identity. Whereas, uh, the, probably the biggest, most popular sports book, um, has told me that I'm dead. Uh, I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. I don't think I talked about it on the podcast last week, but yeah, I applied for an account and said I had a contact customer service. I contacted them and asked what the, what the issue was. And they're like, Oh, Mr. McMillan, according to our records, you are deceased. <laughs> I was like, oh, news to me. <laughs> Uh, here I was thinking I was alive. I guess not. Uh, so can't bet with that sports book because I can't figure out how to fix the issue. Uh, luckily, one of the other sports books uh, verified my identity. So I've been betting with them. It's kind of cool to bet on a not an offshore book, um, but I am still betting offshore as well. So now I have three different sports books I use, and I'm just taking the best line possible. Um, since this is going to be a short episode, number one, because you already all know my picks if you've been looking at Twitter. Uh, and number two, there's only four games to go over, and I don't really have too, too much to say about all of them because I've ranted about these teams for 20 weeks now. Uh, I sent out a tweet today and saying that I will a- answer some questions. Any questions anyone wanted to throw at me, they could reply to the tweet or DM me. So I haven't even looked through most of them. I will look through them uh, here in a few minutes and just randomly answer them off the top of my head. So that's exciting. I don't have anything else to say. No ad read this week. They'll just be the automatic ones that might slide in there, here, uh, here or there. So let's get to the theme song, then questions, and then I'll give out my picks. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review all that stuff. That helps us out a ton. I appreciate you all who have been leaving reviews. That's very kind of you. Let's get into it. The NFL Divisional Round episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Let's go. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. All right. Let's answer some questions that people have thrown my way. Uh, if you only care about my picks, go ahead and just check the. Uh, the description of the podcast will put in the timestamp for when the actual picks start. Um, all right, I'm just going to open up this uh, tweet here, and uh, let's just go down the list. Let's just um, 
I see the over-under and sirens entering the podcast at one and a half. Yeah, we'll see. I have my window closed tonight, so we'll see if we'll be able to hear any sirens. So far, so good on that. Joe Osborne, my good friend Joe Osborne, who, uh, I don't know if people know this. When I interviewed at Odd Shark back in the day, uh, it was Joe who, who interviewed me. I don't know if I've talked about this before. It was right before... McGregor and Habib Nurmagomedov fought in the UFC because I remember one of the interview questions he asked me was who's going to win. Um, I'm glad he didn't hire me based off my answer there because I said McGregor. Um, and of course, I worked with Joe for what was it, three years at Odd Shark. Uh, now here I am. So he wants to know what do I have against Bitcoin. Of course, he's doing what he used to do on guys and bets back at the Odd Shark days is just throw me curveball questions that um, I'm not prepared. I, I I don't have anything against Bitcoin. I used to have Bitcoin. My issue with it. Uh, is that I'm too impatient to hold on to it. Um, I had it and then just wanted to spend the money, so then I took it out. I'm not smart enough or have enough money to invest in a cryptocurrency whatsoever. I was into the NFT games for a bit when Top Shot was popping. I did make a couple hundred bucks off that, um, but then the crash, the market just crashed. I think I have a Nikola Jokic and a Dwayne Bacon NFT left. So if anyone wants my Nikola Jokic NFT or the Dwayne Bacon one, which should be worth a million dollars because it's Dwayne Bacon. Uh, hit me up. I'll sell it to you. Um, Manu Ethier says, any Bacon's, a Bacon Bets pods, any Bacon's bet, I don't think you need it, any Bacon Bets, he put the S after the wrong word, uh, for NCAA hoops after Super Bowl, yes. Uh, of course, uh, the road to 272 bets is the big thing uh, for this podcast, but uh, right as soon as football is over, I will be dumping, dumping, jumping headfirst into college basketball. I will do the same thing I did last year, which is bet on every single March Madness game. I'll see if I can find my record. Um, but yeah, when March Madness comes, I will be betting on every single March Madness game. Uh, I'm also going to obviously be getting into golf a little bit more. I write my article every week, um, but I might be launching a... Or I almost certainly am launching a golf-specific podcast, so keep an eye out uh, for that. That's going to be done through BetSided. I don't know if I was allowed to announce that or not, but that will be coming at some point. I'm hoping for that to be in place by the Players' Championship at the start of March. I'm just trying to find a co-host for that. Um, If you know anyone in the golf world who'd be a good co-host for a golf betting podcast, hit me up. I don't know if I should have been talking about any of this. Uh, Oops. Um, what's your record since changing your profile picks is running beard one. Yeah. Did you guys see my new profile pick? God damn. I look sharp. I went out and got a new wardrobe. Cause to be honest, my clothes, uh, half of them don't fit me and the other half make me look like I'm an adolescent. So I went out and got some adult looking clothes and, uh, that's one of my new fits. My new Twitter profile pick. I don't know what my record is since changing it to that. I look damn good though. Uh, what are you going to do when the Bengals get smoked, says Ryan Austin Saldana. If the Bengals get smoked by the Titans, and obviously we're going to get to this game uh, in a little bit, I ha- I'll have no choice but to just take my beating a little bit, I guess. I mean, obviously I'm not going to delete Twitter. That'd be boring. Um, maybe I should just quit my job, delete Twitter, and just move back home and work on a farm. Yeah, if if the Titans smoke the Bengals, I, I'll just I'll just I just gotta face the music. That's 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 part of the gig. Uh, Tyler Tyler Houston thirty three says hi Ian. What are your thoughts on using reverse line movement as part of your betting analysis? I've tracked it loosely over the years, and it seems to have a decent track record. Um, yeah, it's something that that I pay attention to, and I have brought it up at times uh, this NFL season. 
Uh, but I would never... The issue with these these kinds of things where you're looking at reverse line movement, you're looking at things like um, sharp money. By the way, I apologize if you can hear my pipes in the background. One day I'm going to live in an actual decent apartment or have an actual studio for these. Um, so I won't have this noise in the background. Or sirens, or garbage trucks. But also maybe that's what makes it... Uh, gives a little bit of character. Um, all those things are all good to look at and to consider. But I would never place bets solely on reverse line movement or solely on where the sharp money is and where the public money is. Because newsflash, sometimes the public is right. So what I, I handicap based on stats like I always do. And then if I see that there's reverse line movement or I see that I'm on the sharp side, it makes me a little bit more confident. But that would never usually sway my bet. Uh, one way or the other. And for those of you who are wondering what reverse line movement is, it means one line is getting a, the majority of the money, but uh, the line moves the opposite way. So I think there's a Vikings-Cardinals game this year, which was um, the one popping off the top of my head. And if I get the details wrong, I'm sorry. It was a while ago. I think it was like week eight, seven, six, something like that. But it was like the line was like Vikings plus four and a half. All the money was coming in on the Cardinals, but then the line moved down to plus three and a half. So the line movement is opposite of where all the money is going. That means that the Sharps are on, in that case, the Vikings. And sports books will move the line based on Sharp money, not based on just where. The, so they have people keyed out who, who bet at their sports book. And they recognize those people as the Sharps. And if the majority of those people are betting one side... The sports book's going to side with them, and even if a ton of money's on the opposite side, they'll move the line uh, uh, the reverse way. Uh, cow camel. What is the average velocity of, of an unladen swallow? Um, I think that's eighteen point three kilometers an hour. Do the do the conversion of miles if you want. Um, Jackie Moon at Double Dawn Down John. Who has the better sandwich, Schwartz or Katz? I, I don't know what either of those things are. Are those places I'm, I should be aware of? Schwartz. I'm just going to Google it here. Oh, is this a Montreal restaurant? Schwartz's Deli, Montreal. What, you think just because I'm, I'm from Canada, that means I know about local delis in Montreal? I've been to Montreal like once in my life. I certainly didn't grow up in Montreal. How dare you even consider that fact? Do I do I sound like a Quebecois? Uh, cat sandwich. I'll see if this is in Montreal too. No, this is in New York. So maybe this is a New York thing. I don't know. I'm not a sandwich guy. I apologize that I wasn't able to answer your question. Um, so it's Schwartz, New York. Schwartz sandwich, New York. I can't find a Schwartz in, in New York. I mean, maybe this is. Maybe, I'm assuming that's what you're what you're referring to. I don't know. I'm not a sandwich guy. If I'm eating a sandwich, it's uh, peanut butter and uh, uh, Nutella or peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. I haven't ate those sandwiches since uh, my college days, so don't have an answer for you. I apologize. I will say I live across from a Bread Brothers, which I don't know if it's a chain or not, but they make a delicious uh, bacon, egg, and cheese. Which, if I'm feeling a little adventurous in the morning, I like to hop over there and treat myself. Uh, John Haslbauer at PGA Tout. Good follow if you're into golf betting. Um, he says, working on a prop sheet for my wedding. What are some of your favorite wedding props? 
Um, over under one and a half Bruno Mars songs is an example. First tier shed, bride side, groom side, line dancing, yes, no, etc. Um, I haven't been to very many weddings, to be honest. Um, that's a great question. Um, prop sheet, what about um, what the song is going to be that um, uh, the bride dances to with her dad? And is there a song that the groom dances with his mom? Are those two different songs? Um, you can bet on uh, first person to or bet on who's going to be the drunkest person. Who's going to be the first person to sing a karaoke song? Um, and what is that karaoke song going to be? Um, ba, 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 ba. Yeah, I like your idea of first tier shed, bride side, groom side. Um, who will be drunker, the bride or the groom? Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't been to very many weddings, so there's not. I don't. I'm not, I'm not coming up with very many generic, uh, generic answer, answers for you. I don't know. Maybe I should review these questions beforehand and came up with a list. I don't have a list. Uh, congratulations on your wedding, though, John. I will expect my invite in the mail. Uh, Payne at Chris PB seven seven one eight one seven three zero. First of all, remove about eight of those numbers they have in your name. Too many. Uh, how much do you dock the Niners if Jimmy G is out? So I locked these bets in before recording, so I already have my bet locked in. Um, if Jimmy G is out, I will be sad because I dock them quite a bit. I don't know why. I know people don't, like, they think Jimmy G is a bad quarterback because he makes a couple of horrendous plays a game. But overall, he's actually a very good quarterback analytically. He doesn't deserve the hate he gets. Trey Lance, on the other hand, stinks, or at least he stinks this year. I'll give him the benefit of a doubt as a rookie. But um, if it was announced this morning that Jimmy G was out, I would not have been betting on the 49ers. So I'll say that. Uh, Matthew Wiley, another good golf betting follow. Percent of rate people misspell your first name. Ever think, ever think of donating an eye? Yeah, I wish I could get rid of an eye. Uh, people do all, I mean, way more people misspell or mispronounce my name than get it right. Uh, I get Lane more than anything else. People think it's L-A-I-N. They think the first I is an L. Um, and I bet you some of you listening to this um, that's news to you right now. How about that? Um, I did a podcast with uh, Pamela Maldonado, who I worked with for like two years at Odd Shark, and who I've known for a handful of years, and who I consider one of my friends. And she thought my name was I A N, so or at least that's she thought that's what it was in my Twitter handle. Uh, yeah, I get it all the time. I'm honestly not offended. I don't care that people get my name wrong because I'm just so used to it. It's 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 on me for having my name spelled like that. To be honest, I shouldn't expect people to get it but also i'm surprised how many people think it's lane because like i said that's the one that people think it is the most lane i've never met someone whose name is lane l-a-i-n i don't even know if lane is a name or if it is it's l-a-n-e so i that that one always kind of baffles me a little bit but it is what it is i don't really give a shit no one means to do it um rob trites my friend uh, i think him and my friend sean both kind of spam these with ones that are with uh trolling questions rob trites who gave you your start in sports betting media uh rob trites i've already gave gave you my thanks um at some podcast in the summer when i when i announced i was taking this job and moving to new york so if you think you're going to get a thanks for me on two different episodes think again bucko uh cringiest phase you went through in youth i went through an emo phase for a year you know this and that's why you're asking the question 
Uh, I went through an emo phase. I was I'd wear eyeliner, tight shirts. I was dating an emo girl who tried to change me. Uh, it was a whole thing. But hey, that's what uh, that's what middle school is all about. Yoshi Cove Cove says, when I first heard about you, you're one of the best college basketball handicappers. Did you lose interest in that sport? What changed? No, I haven't. I gave up bets today. Um, I always get into basketball more once um, football season is over, so keep an eye out for that. But, I mean, I've been putting out college basketball bets. I cashed on Houston earlier tonight, and I'm on Northwestern plus three, and they're down five with ten minutes left. So I'm sure I'm going to be watching that for the rest of the time I'm recording. Uh, yeah, I still do. It's just I don't bet on the college basketball as much when NFL is going on because most of my focus is on NFL. Um, Brian Kirschner, um, another fantastic golf betting follow. I actually played golf with him. He invited me to play with him when I first moved here. We played in some course out on Long Island. Um, and it was fun. I played like shit. One of the worst rounds I played all summer. But uh, it was nice meeting him. Good guy. Good golf follow. Funny guy. Uh, I hope I didn't mispronounce your last name, Brian. Kirsch, Kirschner. K-I-R-S-H. K-I-R-S-C-H-N-E-R. Kirschner. He says, what has been the biggest adjustment in moving to America? Also, how's your dating life? Um, yeah, I have a girlfriend. It took me, uh, I started dating apps when I, I mean, you guys don't care about this. Um, I just went on, I went like, I went hard with the dates when I first moved here. I went on like eight dates, eight first, eight different first dates in like the first month I was here was bananas. Um, but I met someone that I like, so yeah, I'm dating someone, obviously. If you would have saw my picture on New Year's Eve where I was looking fucking dashing in a tux. Uh, biggest adjustment since moving to America. Um, I don't know if it has to do with America, because really it's not that dissimilar. Uh, living in the in a huge city is what's the adjustment to me. I like if I would have moved somewhere like the middle of Wisconsin, like I w- would have felt the exact same. But living in a big city is is very different. I mean, I sold my car, so there I wasn't using my car whatsoever. Um, so I it it took me two weeks for me to even get uh, to be brave enough to go on the, go on a subway train. But I'm starting to get used to it now. Um, the constant noise, I would say, is probably the biggest adjustment. I'm kind of used to it now, but. Um, people love honking their horns here. Jesus. And I think I've talked about this before, but the constant noise used to get to me a little bit, uh, but I'm starting to get used to it now. So I, I really, it hasn't really been too big of an adjustment. A lot, a lot more things to do living in New York as opposed to back home, which all the only thing to do back home is to drink. Um, Rob Trites, another question for him. What was the last time, what happened the last time he drank Jägermeister? Um, go back to the very first episode I ever recorded of the Bacon Bets podcast, which would have been like 15, 16 months ago when I tell the story of the Mac to Quack meltdown. Um, the real OG listeners of the show remember the Mac to Quack meltdown. I'm not going to retell the story. It's worth going back and listening to, but that is what happened the last time I drank Jägermeister, the infamous Mac to Quack meltdown. Uh, Vincent Chia, Chiarelli at 10 bucks on 12. Uh, what is your favorite bacon flavor? Follow up, do you have a favorite bacon recipe or restaurant that serves bacon dishes? There used to be a place in New York City before COVID called Bar Bacon, and a piece of me died inside when they closed. Oh, shout out, fellow. I don't know if you live in New York or New Jersey because I see your profile pictures, you wearing a devil's jersey. So you live in the area, shout out. Um, 
I don't have a favorite bacon flavor. I, I mess around a little bit with like uh, maple bacon is not too bad, but usually I stick with generic. Uh, don't have a f- well. One of my favorite thing to cook, and it's something I put bacon in, is chicken fettuccine alfredo, and I toss bacon in that, and it's delicious. My thing to say about cooking bacon, though, slow cook it. Everyone burns their bacon, and it pisses me off. It should take you about thirty to forty-five minutes for you to cook bacon. Fry it. Put it on like if you're using like just a normal stovetop. Put it at like a two. And just let it sit. Have patience. Put your bacon on as soon as you get up in the morning. Toss it on like two. Let it slow cook. And then just um, let it like get ready. Like get in the shower. Get dressed. And by the time you're ready, that bacon will be perfectly cooked. If you do it like that, it'll be both crispy and chewy at the same time. Uh, it's the best way to eat bacon. It's it's I that's a, I subscribe to that kind of bacon because... Like I said, so many people burn it. It's absolutely insane. Slow down. Um, Then Sean asked me three questions. My friend Sean from back home. What do you miss the most about Canada? And who do you miss the most uh, out of your friends? I'm definitely not going to answer that second question, Sean. Good try. Uh, First one, the thing I miss most about Canada is the beer. A lot of things New York does better. Pizza, one of them. And I didn't think it would. I thought that was all just hype. Uh, beer is not one of them. Beer sucks here, and I'm not just saying that. I'm a bit of a beer snob. I love beer. The beer here stinks. Like, you just have, like, your generic, like, Budweiser's, which I would never drink back home, but available, like, Budweiser, those, like, normal, like, Coors Light, Blue Bud Light. Um, those all are not good, and I, if you taste, if you drink those on a consistent basis, I judge you. That, they're piss water. The closest thing I found to beer here that kind of tastes like beer back home, it's called Blue Point, I believe, and I think it's made out on Long Island, and it's like a, it's a, just a lager. It's not bad. That's kind of turned into my go-to. Um, but like back home, Moosehead Beer, Alexander Keith's, uh, Schooner was my favorite. There were just so many like good, affordable lagers, and here there's just fucking none. And then when it comes to craft beer here, everyone's obsessed with an IPA. The only kind of craft beer you can get here is IPA. It's like as if IPA is the only kind of craft beer that, that's that's a thing. I try to ask for a red beer or an amber ale, and nobody knows what I'm talking about. Occasionally, you'll find a decent stout. But I, I'm just drowning in IPAs, which is just... All IPAs taste the same to me for the most part. So the thing I miss most about Canada is beer. Uh, what's your favorite Passenger song and why? That's hilarious. I used to listen to Passenger a lot when I lived with Sean. Um, uh, I think Holes. Holes is my favorite Passenger song. I don't know why. It's just catchy. Um, what do you miss the most and not miss the most about CIBC? Yeah, I used to work at a bank. I had a call center for a bank. First year I worked there, I sold mortgages. Second year I was the quote-unquote supervisor, so I just got to talk to mad people all day, people who just yelled at me. Um, I don't miss anything about it. I kind of liked being nocturnal. I worked from like 4 p.m. until 1 a.m. at night every day or 5 p.m. until 1 a.m. at night. That was my shift for two straight years. So I was literally nocturnal for two years and I've never fully recovered. I'd go to work. I would come home at 1 a.m., eat dinner, and then just stay up and game until the sun came out at like 7 a.m. and then I'd go to sleep and then wake up at like 3 p.m. and get ready and go to work. That was literally my life for two years. I was literally nocturnal. It was nuts. And my sleep uh, schedule was never adjusted. 
Those are all the questions and the replies. I'm going to try some. a few people DM me. I'm going to get to those, and then we'll get to the picks here. Um, I'm not going to say these people's names because I'm assuming if they DM me, they didn't want their name or this question public, so I won't out them, although I don't really know why, but whatever, just in case they they don't want me saying their name. Uh, Ian, love the pod and the pick. Some questions if there's time to get, get uh, get them on the pod tonight. When teams have played each other before, but it was early in the season, do you handicap the game any differently? Um, that's a good question, an actual sports betting question. Uh, when teams have played against each other early in the season, I, I look to see what happened in the game. I would never bet on a, the rematch because, like, based on the result of the first game. But you got to go go back and kind of look at what happened. Not necessarily just the final score. How well did a team run it on the other team? Um, did one team have a ton of healthy players and the other team was hurt? Um, did one team turn the ball over a lot? How did a team do on third down? So instead of just looking at the score, I would go back and look at how the teams matched up. Or in the, in the case of the Patriots and the Bills, was the first game you know super windy and kind of a, an anomaly when it comes to weather? So look at more than just the final score and rematches. But yeah, that's that's certainly valuable information. In the NFL, do you care about strengths of schedule and handicapping? For example, Eagles looked great and had good stats, but mostly only beat bad teams and struggled versus the good ones. Very good question, and I don't really know how to answer that. Um, the NFL is tough because, yes, almost every team plays a different schedule, unlike other sports where over the course of 82 games you're going to have pretty similar schedules, or at least in division, with your division opponents the exact same schedule. The NFL only 17 games, it is tough. Does strength of schedule have an impact? Yes, certainly. Absolutely. But it's tricky. Because how strength of schedule, the stats strength of schedule, is uh, accumulated is by the combined record of the teams that you've played. But as I've talked about on this podcast before, I don't really think records are a good indication of how good teams are. And not only that, but it's not about being better than another team. It's about how you match up against the other team. Styles make fights. So there is some... Certainly, yeah, I think the Eagles' stats probably look better than they should have because of their schedule, for sure. But I I don't know how to factor that into my handicapping unless I just... It's tough. It's tough. Because maybe, maybe a team played a bad game, but that game happened to be the bad team's best game of the season. Maybe they played a good get good team, but that good team had their worst game of the season. It's tough. It certainly has an impact on stats, but not in a way that allows me to kind of separate the two. Uh, I notice you don't mention turnover different. This guy's a great question. Shout out this guy. Um, I'll say his first name. Shout out Nick. Uh, I'm not giving away his identity just by saying his first name. Uh, I notice you don't mention turnover differential much during the pod. Not sure what my question would be here. I guess just any elaboration as to why not. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't because, and I think I've mentioned this at times, I think turnovers, and people aren't going to agree with this and this fine, I think turnovers are more luck more than anything else. Because usually, now I know there is a skill of obviously like tricking quarterbacks into throwing to certain areas. Um, uh, there is a skill to stripping the football. Shout out Peanut Tillman. Remember how good he was at it? Um, so there is certainly a skill to it. But in order to get turnovers, the guy committing the turnover usually has to screw up. 
Now, whether that mistake was forced or not, or you're just playing a bad quarterback, um, or because, I mean, like, how many interceptions are just like a, a randomly tipped ball or hits the receiver in the hands, but he, uh, but it hits off his hands and goes up in the air, a tip drill, and then, a, and then a, a defensive back catches it. In a small sample size of 17 games, there's too many turnovers that happen just due to luck for me to put much value behind it. But that's just me personally. I'm not sold on that fact because I do understand that there are certainly some teams that are better at turning the ball over than others. I, I just think luck plays a big factor in turnovers when it comes to football. Now, other sports like basketball, I look at turnovers quite a bit. But football, it's just it's it's tough to base a bet on that because it's just, in my opinion, it's I mean, it only happens, what, two, maybe three times a game, if that, turnovers. So try to handicap based on something that only happens a couple times a game. It's tough. That's my answer for that. Yeah, I don't, but I mean, it's... I, I'm not I'm not saying that's that's right. That's my opinion. Um, all right, next uh, message here. Love the pod and stats based on analytics sprinkled with a few gambler rants. Been a day one listener. Shout out this guy. Shout out Anthony. Uh, if you are truly a day one listener, then you'll remember the Mac to Quack meltdown story. Um, my question, how does one go about getting their foot in the door with any sports betting jobs? New York based, and as you know, just became legal here. I won two of last three years for NFL Pick'em at 65% and three out of six total all documented by third party. I've been following NFL and NHL for 15, 20 years and would like to find a career in a field that I love. Thanks for any help or advice. My friend, first of all, congratulations. Those are some fantastic seasons in the NFL when betting. Um, but I will say the same thing to you that I say to everyone who asks me this question. I do get this question quite often in my, in my DMs. Winning literally doesn't matter. I did not get my job because I'm a good sports better. People don't actually... If, if you want to make a career based on how good your picks are, then become a professional better. If you are actually that good, then... Put money in a sportsbook account. Um, be disciplined with your bets and slowly build your bankroll up. And as your bankroll gets bigger, start gambling more money. If you want to know how to get a job in my business, then I would. my advice is to start creating content. Nobody really cares how, how high of a rate you hit at. Start writing a blog. Start creating YouTube videos. Start live streaming on Twitter. Start creating content. My my bit. The job I have is not a. Um, when I interviewed for this job, they didn't ask me what my win percentage was, how many units I was up that year. They wanted to know my writing experience. They wanted to know my social media experience. You know, they wanted to see examples of me talking on camera. They wanted to listen to the podcast and see how I was with a microphone in front of me. That's what's important. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a content creating business. It just the content is based on sports betting. Um. So that would be my advice. If you want to get a similar job to myself, just start doing it. Um, I, I, I wrote for my college paper. Shout out Rob Trice from earlier. Um, wrote for my college paper. Did freelance writing for an MMA news website called MMA Latest News. And it wasn't even freelance because I didn't get paid for it. So it was just volunteer writing. And I ran their Twitter uh, account, that MMA Latest News website as well. So I had like two, three years of completely non-paid-for experience. So then when a, when a job opportunity came up with Odd Shark, I had that experience to put on my resume. Um, and that's kind of how I got in the sports world. So you just have to start doing it. Don't worry about getting paid right away. You have to just start doing it. Write a blog, start a YouTube channel, start live streaming, start creating videos. Just create things. 
Um, and then if you create things and you're hitting at a high rate and you're a good better and you break down picks well, that's a bonus. That's great. But I mean, look at the, look at the top people in, in in the sports betting content space right now. How many of them do you think are winning betters? Not many. <laughs> um, especially ones that are employed by a media giant. Not going to mention the name. Uh, winning bets has if your goal is to be in the content game, winning bets means very little. Um, yeah, so that's my answer to that. Just start doing it. Start creating. Um, okay, this next inbox. Wow, this guy sent me paragraphs. Um, I'm going to just quickly read this to myself. How much do I consider taking uh, players coming back for the Packers into consideration when handicapping Packers 49ers? Um, I'm not going to read the rest because I assume it's all based on that, and it looks like it when I'm reading through it. That's a good question as well. And that is, when I've been talking about 49ers Packers on Twitter, that's the thing that people... Um, a big counterpoint people are bringing up is that uh, Jair, what is it, Jair Alexander and Zadarius Smith are back, um, and that's going to make a big difference, especially in stopping the run. I don't have a counter argument for that. They might be right, but the reason why I don't base bets on that solely is a few reasons. Generally, I don't, because going back to what I said last week when I was explaining how I bet on the NFL... I can only, I only want to look at things that I can prove, tangible things, things that are not subjective, things are that are 100% objective. I know that this team moved the ball 5.1 yards per play this season. That's not, you can't argue that, that is a fact. When it comes to things like guys coming back who were hurt, there are questions that I don't have answers to. Number one, how healthy are they exactly? If they're coming off an injury, I assume they are 100%. Are they healthy enough that they're going to be able to compete at 100%? Or are they hurting bad, but they don't want to miss a playoff game? I don't know the answer to that. Another thing, how good was the guy who filled in for them? Because everyone assumes that the starters are way better than the backups, and I'm sure that is true in some cases. Not true for other cases, though. Maybe the guys who were their backups did a fine job, so these guys getting back in the lineup isn't that big of an upgrade. Now, I know these are two very good players, so probably not the case, but I, don't, I can't objectively measure how much of a difference these guys will make. Now, this is something that if you handicapped only football and you spent all day every day handicapping just football, you could probably go back and watch film and come up with um, uh, with an opinion on that. But I don't have time for that. I'm handicapping eight different sports. I'm writing and editing articles all day. I'm doing podcasts. I don't have time to go back and play-by-play watch film. I just don't. Uh, so, yeah, that is my answer to that question is... Y- these two guys coming back could make a huge difference and they could st- stuff um, the 49ers run game. That's possible. But I don't, I just can't, I can't base my bet on that because I can't prove that that is going to happen based on anything. Um, so yeah, that is a good point. That is a big counter argument people have made to me about the Packers and I don't have a counter argument for that because that could certainly be the case. Um, any thoughts on... 49ers line movement to minus six is Jimmy G. I've already covered the whole Jimmy G thing. 
dumb d- dumb stats like Jimmy has never thrown an NFL pass under forty degrees. Does this um, does this hold any weight in your eyes? I'm, I don't even what he's never thrown an NFL pass under forty degrees. Oh weather. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant like the angle of his throw was at 40 degrees. I was like, I don't even really know what that means. Because um, I'm Celsius, so under 40 degrees uh, Celsius would be basically, if you played in over 40 degrees, you'd be throwing up because it'd be so hot. Um, that's a no. Because once again, these kind of stats, Jimmy has never thrown an NFL pass in under 40 degree weather. I don't, maybe he's good in cold. I don't know. <laughs> Plus, NFL, I mean, they have heaters, like, they have hand heaters. I mean, NFL is not, it's not the Ice Bowl back in 19, in the 60s. These guys have heaters on the sideline. They get their hands warmed up. The balls are always warmed up. They're fine. They'll be fine. Um, I know it's a lot of information and questions, but I think this is a really fascinating game since I'll be at Lambeau cheering for the Packers. Oh, well, good luck. I hope you realize that when I bet against them, I'm not anti-Packers. Because I actually went to, I went, I've been to a game at Lambeau too. Brett Favre's last game at Lambeau when he was at the on the Vikings, and it was during that span when Randy Moss was there for a couple games. Um, I, I was at the game. That was back in 2010, I want to say. Uh, good luck, man. If you're going to be there at the game, then that's awesome. That'll be fun. Best of luck to you. My money will be on the opposite side, though. Uh, since, uh, next guy, uh, since you probably moved from Canada to get away from the snow, yet the Northeast is being slammed with it, how soon till he moved to Florida or somewhere warm all the time? We all know Florida can be a shit show, so maybe California or Nevada. Love the pod. Thanks for what you do. Thank you, my friend, for the question. Funny enough, um, if I was single, I think next, I think I would have been moving to Arizona this year. Because as much as I love New York City and the amount of things to do, it's so goddamn expensive. I'm paying like $500 more rent here, and I have two roommates, and my room is a jail cell, and then what I did for like a full one-bedroom apartment back home. So the New York is very expensive, um, but my girlfriend loves New York, and she does not want to move to Arizona, because that's I'd like to go live in Phoenix, to be honest. I think Phoenix would be an awesome city. It's hot all year round. I could play golf all year round. It's way cheaper. Um... We'll see if I can convince my girlfriend of that between now and August, but I doubt it. So, yeah, if I if I were to move somewhere else in the states, because I certainly thought about it, I probably wouldn't go Florida or California. I the two spots I were looking at were either Las Vegas and go live amongst my people, or Phoenix, and I was kind of favoring Phoenix. So, because I don't know if I'd survive in Las Vegas. Um, but uh, Bud Light Ben, sorry, I just gave out your name, but sorry. Uh, can you do over under bets for each game for shits and gigs? Doesn't count towards hashtag road. I'll give my lean on them, sure. Um, there, there's all the questions, and now this is already a 40 minute episode. <laughs> uh, what happened here? Oh, Kevin Looney, I forgot I had a player prop tonight. How'd that do? Someone said easy winner, but I never know if someone's being uh, sarcastic when they when they say that or not. Um, Warriors come out and play. I mean, it's the second quarter. There's no way he already hit this, D. Yeah, eight rebounds. <laughs> that was an easy winner. Hit before halftime. That doesn't happen often. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's get to my picks then. Let's just dive right into them. I think that was it. Uh, how's Northwestern doing? Down four. Five, two and a half minutes left, so that's going to be sweat. Um, okay, let's get into my picks, my friends. 
I'm betting on every underdog. And I'm betting on every single underdog on the money line. Uh, It's bold. It's brave. It's ballsy. It's possibly stupid. It's possibly moronic. But I on it, and I'm not just doing this for the bit. I'm not just doing this as a joke. I honestly like every single underdog in the divisional round. And I like them all to just win. I, I'm not going to take a lot of time breaking these games down. Because like I said, I've talked about these teams so many times this year. You, are, you guys are already going to know what I'm going to say. Bengals-Titans. First game. Bengals, I got them a plus 160. And I tweeted this out as well. that um, And I sprinkled this just for funsies. Um, that I took alternate line Bengals minus 9.5. And I got that at plus 525. Now, there's people in my replies who said, oh yeah, I can bet a dollar on this just for a screenshot too. Because I didn't include the amount that I bet. I never include the amount I bet in any of my screenshots. Because in my opinion, that's a pr- your unit size should be a private thing when it comes to sports bettors. I guarantee you I did not just bet $1 just for shits and gigs. I bet a unit on it. I am not counting this towards my official record. Um, because as someone even said, uh, if you like the Bengals minus nine and a half, you're far better off placing a substantially large wager on them on the money line. Um, and I said, it's not about the money. It's about sending a message. I think the Titans stink. I think the Bengals are much better. So I'm taking their money line at plus 160 and alternate spread of minus nine and a half plus 525. I have ranted and raved about the Titans all season. I've called them frauds. I've gotten in fights with Titans fans on Twitter. I have Titans fans in my DMs every week. But they aren't a good... I mean, I brought up net yards per play last week. I said the Steelers were fourth last in the NFL. They got their asses kicked. And I said last week, the next worst team in net yards per play in the playoffs are the Titans. Titans net yards per play heading into this week, minus .24. That is sandwiched in between the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints, which I think is fitting. Those are teams that are actually pretty comparable to the Titans. Sandwiched in between the Vikings and the Saints, and that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19th in the NFL in net yards per play. Uh, people say Derrick Henry's back. That's going to make a big difference. Do we know Derrick Henry's definitely back? And as I talked about with the Packers injuries, yes, he might be back. At what percent is he back? Um, and there was a graphic tweet out a couple weeks ago that, yeah, the Titans running backs since he's been hurt have had the exact same production as him. Uh, shout out Garbage Truck. Can you hear it? I knew he was going to make an appearance. Um... Now, I will say a fair point is that defenses are going to treat the Titans different with Derrick Henry in the lineup. But I'm not scared of them. I am not scared of the Titans. And I'm not scared of Derrick Henry. Bengals, 7th in the NFL in yards per play. Tennessee Titans, 22nd. The Bengals' defense does have issues. 20th in opponent yards per play. Titans are 17th. But the Bengals are decent at stopping the run. 17th in opponent yards per carry. I will not make the mistake of betting against Joe Burrow again. I'm on the Bengals plus 160, and I will stop my rant about the Titans right there. And like I said earlier, if the Titans win, 
I'll just have to take my punishment on that one. Uh, 49ers, Packers, 49ers, Moneyline, plus 205. Um, if you want kind of my full, well-thought-out breakdown of this game, I would check out the article that I wrote this week that's titled Packers Defense, No Match for 49ers Rush Attack. I laid out the statistical differences between these, these two teams. Yes, the Packers are the best record in the NFL. Yes, the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, who's going to win MVP. I'm going to quickly go through these stats that they rank in. And these are objective stats that you can look up yourself. And you can argue until you're blue in the face that, that they don't matter, which would be a stupid argument to make. These are the Packers' stats and how they rank in them heading into the divisional round. 10th in net yards per play, 9th in yards per play, 10th in points per play, 16th in opponent yards per play, 10th in third down offense, 24th in third down defense, 18th in red zone offense, 28th in red zone defense, 28th in yards per carry, 6th in yards per pass attempt, 31st in opponent yards per carry, 4th in opponent yards per pass attempt. So your number one seed, your top team in the NFL, your Super Bowl favorites, out of all those categories, which I deem to be all very key, very important categories, they rank in the top, and they rank in the single digits, so ninth or better in three of them. They rank ninth in yards per play, sixth in yards per pass attempt, and fourth in opponent yards per pass attempt. They t- rank tenth or worse in the NFL in every single other stat that I just listed. Key ones being 24th in third down defense, 28th in red zone defense, 20th in yards per carry, and the biggest key one, 31st in opponent yards per carry. They have the second worst run defense in the NFL next to the Steelers. The Browns averaged 8.8 yards per carry against them in week 16 at Lambeau Field. I'll repeat that. The Browns averaged 8.8. Eight yards per carry against them in week 16 at Lambeau Field. And now you're going to lay points with them against a 49ers team that runs the ball a ton. Yes, they played earlier in the year. Yes, the 49ers didn't have a lot of success on the ground, but they didn't have Elijah Mitchell. They had Trey Sermon, I believe it was. And then Debo, that was before Debo Samuel, they started giving him reps. And Debo Samuel's averaging, I think, 6.6 yards per carry. 6.2 yards per carry. Elijah Mitchell's averaging 4.7 yards per carry. So I will I will now list off how the 49ers rank in the same stats that I just listed about the Packers. Second net yards per play. First in yards per play. Twelfth in points per play. Fourth in opponent yards per play. Fourteenth in third down defense. Sixteenth in third down defense. First and red zone offense, 16th and red zone defense, 15th in yards per carry, 2nd in yards per pass attempt, 7th in opponent yards per carry, 9th in opponent yards per pass attempt. So I listed 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 stats. The 49ers ranked better than the Packers in 1, 2, 3... Oh, this is great. This is great podcasting. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They rank better in 10 of the 12 stats I just listed. That's a fact. The only ones that they don't rank better in is 
points per play, the Packers rank 10th, the 49ers rank 12th, and third down offense, the Packers rank 10th, the 49ers rank 14th. Every single other stat, the 49ers are better. Those are facts. Yes, the Packers are getting back some people off injury. Yes, they had a bye week. Yes, they're at home. But this is a stylistic nightmare for the Packers. 49ers run the ball 48.42% of plays, fourth most in the NFL. Packers have the second worst run defense. Unless Jimmy G has a terrible game or unless Trey Lance ends up having to play, the 49ers are going to win this game. These two, the, the two games that I like, I'm, I'm kind of going to die on the hill. Both aren't. Saturday's going to be a big day for me. <laughs> if Bengals and 49ers win, you're not going to find another um, someone more arrogant on Twitter. If they both lose, um, it's going to be sad. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what was that? Plus 210, I said the odds were plus 205. Rams, Bucks. This is the game that is tough to bet on, in my opinion, because I'm an analytics guy. I'm a statistics guy. These two teams actually rank almost identical in almost everything. Third and fourth in yards per play. Sixth and seventh in opponent yards per play. Third and sixth in third down conversion. First and third in points per play. Almost every single stat, the Rams and Bucks are right next to each other. The Rams do have a slight advantage in net yards per play. They're third compared to the Bucks at fourth. But I'm going to take the Rams. Number one, just because I'm I'm dying on the hill of the Rams. They've been my team I've bet on the most this NFL season. And number two, I am kind of handicapping injuries. I know I said that I don't normally, but when it's this close, um, Tristan Worfs and Jensen. What's what's the Jensen uh, guy's first name? I I think I know what it is, but also that's just someone that I know from back home. So. Um, oh, it is Ryan Jensen. I think I know of Ryan Jensen. Um, so Ryan Jensen was coming up my, up my head. I didn't want to say because I thought that was just a guy that I knew from back home. Um, but Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs are hurt. Now, they are reported to likely play. But how healthy are they going to be? Because last weekend, we saw the Bucks give up four sacks against the Eagles. And the Eagles are one of the worst pass rush teams in the NFL. 29th in sack percentage the Eagles are. So now if this offensive line is just as banged up and they face a Rams team that can get pressure up the middle and getting pressure up the middle, if you talk to anyone who knows anything about football, that has been Tom Brady's kryptonite his entire season or his entire career. If there's That is one of and probably the only way to beat Tom Brady is to get pressure on him up the middle. Edge pressure doesn't even help that much. When the Giants uh, beat them to ruin their uh, their perfect season, it's because they got pressure up the middle. And now you have a banged-up offensive line going up against Aaron Donald, the best defensive tackle in football right now. If there's one thing that's going to sway this game or, or if there's one thing that's going to convince me of one side or the other, that's it. Also, don't forget the Rams are 2-0 straight up and against the spread against the Buccaneers since Tom Brady joined. Beat them last season in the regular season. Beat them this year in the regular season by 10 points. I'll go Rams. Money line, plus 125. Uh, Then finally, Bills and Chiefs. Going to take the Bills here. Uh, they already beat, beat up on them earlier this year. People have kind of stopped talking about how bad the Chiefs' defense is, and I know that they got better in the second half compared to how they were uh, in the first half of the season. Um, but still one of the worst defenses in the league. 
Chiefs 28th in opponent yards per play. Buffalo first. Then we know it's going to be Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be uh, uh, it's going to be a battle of the arms. Opponent yards per pass attempt. Buffalo first. 5.3. Next closest is the Bucks at 6.7 yards better than next best pass defense. Chiefs 23rd in that stat. Opponent average team passer rating. Buffalo first, 66. Kansas City 16th, 92. Offenses, much like the Rams and the Bucks, are right next to each other in almost every single stat. Very comparable offenses. Defenses are night and day between these two teams. Um, so pr- this is probably my most confident bet of the weekend. I think Bills are going to win this game. Uh, Bills plus 110 is what I got that at. So there are the picks. Um, I did parlay them just for fun, but I bet a very, very, very small amount on it um, just for fun. Because <laughs> if, if I, because uh, I get to brag if all four underdogs win. But I honestly like all four of them. Bengals plus 160, 49ers plus 205, Rams plus 130, Bills plus 110 in the NFL divisional round. Those are my picks. If two of them hit, I'm profitable. Depends on which two hit will depend on, uh, will be a difference in how profitable I'll be. But if you're betting four plus money underdogs, two of them hit, I'm profitable. And I, I would be shocked if at least two of these games don't win. There you go. Those are my picks. It's so somehow turned into one of the longest episodes in, in of the season. But thank you all for listening. Good luck with your bets. I'll talk to you next week for the NFL Conference Championship Weekend. Good luck. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.